Hi, everyone. I'm Rob Rosalenko, director of the Joseph T. Quinlan Bereavement Center in Karen and Quinlan Hospice. And I want to welcome you to Grief Matters, conversations about life and death. No subject is off limits and no topic is taboo. I want to invite you to send in your questions about anything end of life, dying, death, and grief. So today we're going to talk about what do we need during grief, and specifically we're going to talk about time, needing time during grief. As a grief counselor, I would say we need a lot of things, but one thing in particular that we need is time. It seems that society has an idea of how long it should take a person to get over their loss. One of the most common ideas is that one should be done grieving after a year. Many companies offer a bereavement leave of three days, and most times they only offer three days if the loss was immediate family. Fewer days are offered if the loss was an extended family, and probably none if the loss was a friend or a pet. Anyone who has experienced a significant loss will probably feel that these are inaccurate timelines in grief. So grief in general can be experienced in a variety of ways, including behaviors, thoughts, and physical being. If a person were experiencing sleep disturbances, appetite changes, poor grades, nightmares, uh, dreams of the loved one, sighing, listlessness, low motivation, um, clinginess, social withdrawal, fighting, um, even regressive behaviors like bedwetting and thumb sucking, uh, grief may be affecting a person's behaviors. If someone were experiencing the inability to focus and concentrate, difficulties making decisions, self-destructive thoughts, preoccupation of the death, confusion, disbelief, any of those things, then grief can be affecting their cognitions or their thoughts. If a person were experiencing anger, guilt, regret, uh, mood swings, depression, relief, feelings of helplessness, fear, loneliness, anxiety, then grief uh, can be affecting a person's feelings or emotions. And the fourth one, if an individual were experiencing headaches, fatigue, shortness of breath, um, dizziness, pounding of the heart, hot or cold flashes, increased illness, tightness in the chest, an empty feeling in the body, tightness in the throat or stomach aches, then grief can be affecting their physical being. But the effects of grief uh, obviously don't end there, however. A person can experience symptoms affecting their behaviors, thoughts, feelings, and body all at the same time. They can also experience more than one symptom from each of these areas, and again, they can all happen at the same time. It's easy to imagine that if an individual has not experienced a loss before, that they may question their emotional stability. Many people seek to medicate themselves in an effort to dull or blunt those symptoms. Just as many people seek help from their physicians who in turn often prescribe antidepressants or anti-anxiety meds to help their patients get over the hump. Medication, however, is just a band-aid for these symptoms. It will cover up the pain for a little while, but it will not take the grief away. Sooner or later, the person will have to stop taking the medication. The grief will be there uh, waiting for them, waiting to be dealt with and waiting to be acknowledged. Um, it gets a little tricky. Grief and depression are tricky companions. Uh, depression certainly comes with grief. However, uh, I would caution people against using antidepressants while in grief due to the fact that once the medication is stopped, people will start to feel just as bad as when they first started taking the medication. Now, this surprises a lot of people who felt that they were just starting to get over their grief when in actuality, they were just delaying the inevitable. 
However, and this is a big however, this is not to say that if someone is diagnosed with uh, clinical depression and are grieving that they shouldn't take medication. And that's why grief and depression are tricky companions. One can be diagnosed as being clinically depressed where medication could be effective and they can also be in grief. This is a case where one definitely needs to take their prescribed medication. However, a person can be in grief and exhibit one of the symptoms of grief, depression. And this may be a case where the person needs to express their emotions and give themselves the gift of time in order to work through the grief. So we always say that you can't run, deny, or hide from grief. It will always be waiting to be dealt with. You must work through the grief. You will never get over their loss, but you will learn to accommodate the loss into your life. People who are grieving may be struggling with trying to figure out who they are now without their loved one in their life. And they may be struggling with finding new goals, new meaning, and new directions. This is all part of the grief process and it must be given time. So now let's take a minute to address a few common um, myths about grief and time. Let's take a look at two in particular. The first myth is this, the pain will go away faster if you ignore it. Well, the fact is that trying to ignore your pain or keep it from surfacing will only make it worse in the long run. For real healing to occur, it's necessary to face your grief and actually deal with it. And the second myth uh, is this, grieving should last about a year. I definitely hear this one a lot. Um, sometimes clients will tell me, you know, friends and family are telling me, hey, it's been a year now. Shouldn't you be over this? I mean, it's been a year. Shouldn't you be done with this by now? And the fact is that there's no specific time for grieving. How long it takes depends uh, on the person and, 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 the, and the death, to be honest with you. Um, in 1969, psychiatrist uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross introduced what became known as the five stages of grief. Many people have heard of these. These stages of grief were based on her studies of the feelings of patients facing terminal illness, but many people have generalized them to other types of negative life changes and losses, such as the death of a loved one or a breakup. So first one is denial. This can't be happening to me. Absolutely not. Anger. Why is this happening? Who is to blame? Third is bargaining. Make this not happen and in return, I will fill in the blank. Fourth is depression. I'm too sad to do anything. And the fifth is acceptance. I'm at peace with what happened. If you're experiencing any of these emotions following a loss, it may help to know that your reaction is natural and that you will heal in time. However, not everyone who grieves goes through all of these stages, and that's okay. Contrary to popular belief, you do not have to go through each stage in order to heal. In fact, some people resolve their grief without going through any of these stages. And if you do go through the stages of grief, you probably won't experience them in a neat sequential order. So don't worry about what you should be feeling or which stage you're supposed to be in based on what you felt before or the amount of time has, that's passed since the loss. Um, Kubler-Ross actually herself never intended for these stages to be a rigid framework that applies to everyone who mourns. In fact, in her last book before her death in 2004, she said of the five stages of grief, they were never meant to help tuck messy emotions into neat packages. They are responses to loss that many people have. 
but there is not a typical response to loss as there is no typical loss. Our grieving is as individual as our lives, which I always thought was a great quote. Our grieving is as individual as our lives. No grieving process is the same. No grieving process takes the same amount of time as everybody else's. So in summary, cut yourself some slack, be patient with yourself, and most of all, allow yourself the time that you need to fully grieve and then fully heal. Thanks. If you'd like more information on disenfranchised grief in particular, or any grief issues, including options for counseling, please feel free to call us at the Joseph T. Quinlan Bereavement Center at 973-948-2283, or you can contact us through the Karen and Quinlan hospice.org slash grief dash matters dash podcast website and reach us through that website. So I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Take care of yourself.